I'm Dennis Estopasio of the Business Mirror, and this is the Broder Look Podcast. Good day. Welcome to the Business Mirror Broder Look Podcast. Today we podcast the conversation on renewable energy between Mr. Jesper Swensen, Executive Director of the Nordic Chamber of Commerce of the Philippines, and Ms. Malu Talosig Bartolome, columnist of the Business Mirror. The Broader Look Podcast is produced by T. Anthony Sikabangon, publisher of the Business Mirror. According to its official website, the Nordic Chamber of Commerce of the Philippines, or NordCham Philippines, was established 11 years ago, or in 2012, to bring together the Nordic Philippine business community. The organization said it promotes and facilitates trade, commerce, industry, and investment between the Philippines and the Nordic countries, composed of Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Norway, and Sweden, and the Baltic countries of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Early this month, Business Mirror's Malutalo Bartolome talked to NordCham Executive Director Jesper Swenzen on renewable energy, its potential in the Philippines, and the possible ways energy could be managed. Let's listen in to the conversation. Thank you, Mr. Jesper Svenison, for this opportunity to interview you. Um, Mr. Jesper here is the Executive Director of NordCham Philippines. Tell, tell us about, sir, about this uh, NordCham Philippines first. Yeah, the NordCham Philippines or the Nordic Chamber of Commerce of the Philippines is uh, an organization that's supporting Nordic companies. That means companies from Denmark, Finland, Norway and Sweden to do business here in the Philippines. We, um, we've been around for a bit more than 10 years and we are uh, a chamber of commerce that's growing quite significantly uh, the last few years, even despite of pandemic. I think uh, one of the reasons for this is that the Nordic countries has really a lot of very interesting solutions that um, developing country um, like the Philippines is in need of. We, we have a very high focus on sustainability. Uh, the um, four Nordic countries that I mentioned, they are all number one, two, three, and four in the world in a global ranking on sustainable development goals. Um, so, Also in included in, in sustainability is, of course, a focus on renewable energy. And I think uh, the Nordic countries, they have a lot of really high quality, globally leading solutions to offer to the Philippines. And I think we all know uh, the need for, for more renewable energy globally, but certainly also in the Philippines. Uh, so, so we are happy to be part of that journey. Yeah, you mentioned about renewable energy. That's a buzzword now of the uh, administration of President Bongbong Marcos, right? So, can you share it to us? Uh, what exactly uh, are you specifically? Uh, are are these countries, the Nordic countries, very much um, interested in uh, on renewable yeah. energy? Will it be solar? Will it be Solutions will be wind. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say um, there's not really a solution that we are not able to provide. 
um, we are very, very strong in wind, especially. Uh, Denmark uh, had the first commercial windmill operating many, many years ago. And, and now we have one of the biggest windmill suppliers in the world. Westas is from uh, Denmark. We have a lot of other companies as well in all the Nordic countries that are very active in wind energy, uh, both onshore and uh, offshore. Actually, the very first windmill that was put up here in Pelilia, that was also a Danish windmill uh, in a company uh, where there was a Danish uh, founder. So we, we have a long history in the Philippines. We are in Nordic companies are involved in a lot of windmills being set up in uh, Iloilo uh, currently from the last few years and, and also into the future. And um, probably maybe you heard about the, uh, the agreement with uh, the Danish investment company, Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners, who have pledged uh, 5 billion US dollars for offshore wind. It's uh, two gigawatt of offshore wind farms that are being going to be set up over the, the coming years. So, so I think that that is a, a very high focus area. And we recently had uh, Secretary Lutila from Department of Energy in Denmark for a full week to you know, see best practices on how to manage offshore wind, especially. So that, that was, that was very, uh, interesting and, and very encouraging for, for us to see, uh, the very high commitment from Secretary Lutilla and more than 30 business leaders in energy from the Philippines. Okay. So since, um, the uh, Denmark and other Nordic countries have already, uh, the technology, what uh, specific areas do you think the Philippines need to, um, to improve on? Will it be infrastructure? Will it be bureaucracy? Uh, so that we can we can attract more uh, investments from Nordic countries on renewable energy. That's a that's a great question. I think the Philippines has some of the same challenges as we see globally. Uh, maybe some of it a little bit more here. Uh, we need especially ports for offshore wind. The potential for offshore wind is so huge, but there's no ports really able to manage it today. Uh, we're talking about windmills that are incredibly big, 160 meters plus wings. So that really requires something special to manage that. What we, of course, also see, and we see it globally also in Denmark, for instance, is the need for transmission. Uh, it's no need to, uh, no use to have a windmill uh, set up and then if it's not able to transmit the energy to the places where it's needed. So I'm very encouraged um, by the uh, speech yesterday by Secretary Lutilla uh, about uh, the government really having that as a main concern and are looking into how to support the build-up of the transmission. Okay, so... But th th those are key things, of course. We Another thing that's uh, very much needed and, and where we need a lot of support from DENR is uh, right-of-way okay. uh, for, for everything on land. That That is one of the main challenges 
that uh, these big developments they are seeing. How about the cost? The cost will it uh, will it be prohibitive, for example, for the government to purchase um, windmills or solar energy? No, I mean it, it's very very significant investments. You're talking about billions of dollars. Um, I would say if you look at the management of the grid of the transmission in uh, it was one of the key things that was being discussed on this recent delegation to Denmark how it's being managed um, and in the Philippines it's uh, private right um, managed the, the it's a corporation while in in Denmark in in other in the Nordic countries and and most places uh, globally, it's a uh, governmental run. It, it's such a, a critical part of the infrastructure. I, I do believe that the government could be more uh, involved in it. Um, but what I think is most important is really to look into the processes and make sure that approvals, permits, etc., is uh, possible to be done much faster than it's the case today. Okay, can you run us through what's happening right now in, for example, in Denmark, in your country? Like, uh, why is renewable energy so much uh, important uh, compared, for well, example, if you get uh, coal? For, just, just give, yeah. Can you just give me, for example, a uh, an overview, overview of your yeah. situation? Yeah. In, in the Philippines, we had a moratorium on coal plants, I think in 2020, or was it 2019? I'm not sure. Um, we don't even have that in Denmark, but there's very few coal plants left. I mean, coal plants are very polluting, and I think we all care about climate and the climate change that, that we see, you know, happening and Philippines is one of the most vulnerable countries in the world on this. So I think we all have an obligation to, uh, to improve um, you know, how much carbon that's being emitted. And Denmark has uh, a very strong, also the other Nordic countries, sorry, I have to say, I'm from Denmark, so I, I use maybe Denmark a little bit too much in example. But the Nordic countries have very strong commitments and they want to fulfill them and of course uh, one of the ways to do this is to electrificate everything so not just evs electrical vehicles but really everything and and for this we need clean green energy and uh, renewable energy meaning uh, and this is in forms of windmill solar hydro uh, and and it likes geothermal as well i think the potential for geothermal by the way in the philippines is really unexploited it really has a high potential uh, together with some hydro we are nordic companies are involved in in hydro as well anyway uh, getting back to <laughs> to your question i think um we really need to see these things happening, so we also have <laughs> a planet, uh, we have the Earth to hand over to future generations. Um, so so that's why it's so important, that's why it's very high on the political agenda in the Nordics, and, and good thing it's been so for many years, 
meaning we have world-class solutions, leading world-class solutions uh, to offer to the world as well. But in going back to Denmark as an example, uh, we the, the plans are now that by 2030, it's carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. Everything in Denmark, right? It's not just one factory or something like that, what we see here in the Philippines right now. I know the ambition is also high here, but Denmark is not only saying we want to be carbon neutral, but we want to have three times the renewable energy of what we are expecting to consume. That means Denmark is going to produce three times more energy than what we are consuming and we are going to export it. So that requires really extensive investments and planning of the grid of the transmission, even to to uh, very far uh, locations down in, in Europe, it's going from Denmark, so many hundreds of kilometers, thousands of kilometers even. Um, this is important, uh, and Denmark is really looking at having a 99.9% reliability on electricity. Uh, and green electricity, that is. And it's so much cheaper. And we, we can see uh, uh, today where there's uh, still a need to really explore much more and, and build much more green energy, that on a windy day, the windmills, they are uh, producing more than enough electricity to cover all of Denmark. The uh, coal plants, for instance, that we have a lot of here in the Philippines, a lot of the coal plants uh, in Denmark, in the Nordics, they have been transformed to be waste to energy or biomass plants instead. So very few are running on coals, but are more uh, on a more green solutions. And, and I think there's also a huge opportunity for this in the Philippines. Um, right now, majority of the waste is put on landfills. Uh, which is a waste, right? Because as a landfill, it still releases all the gases and that gas could instead, uh, that energy uh, could instead have been used to generate power. Mm-hmm. So lots and lots of opportunities. Uh, and, and we hope that the, the Nordic Chamber and the Nordic companies, they can be uh, playing a huge part in, in this role moving forward. Have you heard very specific proposals from con- companies uh, on uh, on investments or in the Philippines? Well, I, I think the biggest energy investment is really um, this uh, agreement uh, to from from a Copenhagen infrastructure partners to invest five billion US dollars. Uh, they are developing three offshore wind projects. Uh, with uh, two gigawatt, that is really very, very significant. Um, it's it just uh, for the it's about uh, it's about one gigawatt in uh, Camarines Norte and Camarines uh, Sur, and then it's six hundred fifty megawatt in Northern Samar and three hundred fifty megawatt in Pangasinan and La Union. So it's good spread uh, somewhat uh, across the country, and that's important. Uh, we need to develop these solutions, not just up north, but really uh, elsewhere, because uh, we have a need for electricity 
uh, throughout the Philippines. Um, so, and, and what, what's being looked at both from Copenhagen infrastructure partners and other uh, companies that are going into the Philippines and helping on this uh, is, of course, also with the experience from the Nordics where there's a lot of planning going on to ensure that the capacity of the transmission is there. And uh, they are also, there's a planning going on and ongoingly on how to locate high energy consuming companies uh, in places where the energy is generated. Right? So, because it's expensive to transport the energy. So, so it's important to have that part of, of the planning. And, and this is something that we hope to see also further develop in the Philippines, incentives for companies to be located in areas where we know that a lot of energy will be um, produced moving forward. Okay, this Copenhagen Infrastructure Part Partners, is that it? Yes. Has this, has this already been approved? Uh, was there yeah, so so this is, um, when was this? This was in March, end of March, we had a signing of uh, a, a service contract um, for, for three offshore wind projects, was signed at the uh, Department of Energy office in Taguig on the, I think it was in the 30th of March. So th that's already signed and, and they're working on all of this now. I have a meeting with the head of, of this project from Copenhagen Infrastructure Partners next week uh, to further explore, you know, more details about it and how to bring in both Nordic and Filipino uh, companies uh, to make sure that this project will really be a success and, and look into how, how fast it can be done and when when the different kind of services are needed. Okay, that's good news, sir. Yeah. Um, what what's the when when you're 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 saying about the need for a port? You mean a seaport, right? A big port, a, so you can. You yes, a, a seaport like we have in Supik, for instance. Right, there's a big seaport there, um, but mm, we had. We had uh, very high-level people from Subic Port uh, attending the meeting in Denmark. We, we went to the biggest offshore wind port in the world. It's located in a town called Esberg. Uh, and and uh, you know, we discussed what's required. How fast can you upgrade an existing port to make it happen? And, and now there are still ongoing uh, talks uh, on how to make that happen. It doesn't have to be only in Subic. I think we are needing several uh, offshore wind ports to, uh, to make you know, the potential happen. Okay. So th this is a very important thing and, and development of these harbors takes several years. Right, right. right. So, so it, it, it's something that really needs to start soon mm -hmm. so uh, when when we say we need renewable energy projects 
we just don't need energy energy the wind itself the solars itself but the entire infrastructure including transportation <laughs> apparently <laughs> co- co- correct i mean it we, we are talking about something that you know the, the these uh, windmills for offshore they they are as tall as as a condominium <laughs> it, it's huge so it's not something that you can manage with a, a a normal infrastructure. It, it really needs something extraordinary. And this development has to start very soon. There is, there, there has been assessments. And to my understanding, there's none of the ports in the Philippines today that are able to manage it. But they all need an upgrade. Okay. Well, you know how much will it cost them to upgrade to be, uh, be able to accommodate this number of uh, windmills? That is unfortunately not a figure that I have, but but it is a significant effort. I I know that you know best practices from the world. This requires a lot of companies to be involved in it to make it happen. Uh, along working along with the port authorities. Yeah. Um, so so, but but I'm sure this is uh, this we are talking about the billions of dollars uh, to fully fulfill the potential that we have here in the Philippines. Right. But, uh, yeah, as I was asking earlier, um, you were mentioning to me the other day how, how how's life been in in Denmark? Like, uh, you can you can monitor your your electricity and stuff uh, compared to you that you don't know how much you're, expen- you're, you're consuming. Will that, will that be some kind of a the future now on Using renewable energy, or is it just because of the management things different from the renewable energy projects? Oh, I I think uh, you're right. I mean, it, it's one of the important steps as well. Um, and and there was a discussion on, you know, how can we get the companies, but also individuals, to be more conscious about the energy consumption, and especially on energy efficiency. So this is also an area where we have a lot of very strong world-class solutions in the Nordics. It's an area we've been working on for a long time. Um, for me, when I was 12 years old in, in school, we had projects on energy, uh, consu- con- conserving energy, you know, being more efficient on it, projects that happened just at home. In the Philippines, I see a huge potential in saving energy. I, you know, it's, it's often you see companies having very cold, very cold offices and people even wearing jackets indoor. No, instead of doing that, why not increase the temperature with a few degrees? It's still very comfortable, uh, and, and actually even more. Uh, productive for, for the staff. If it's too cold, it's actually not that productive. There's studies showing that. But also at home, I, I see a lot of uh, buildings, a lot of homes with very thin glass in the windows, for instance. There's nowhere in Denmark where you have just one layer of glass. You would have isolated layers of glass. This is really keeping the coldness in. But also just close a door, you know, getting that habits ingrained in people that you don't leave the door 
to outside open when you are running an aircon full blast indoor or a window open. And those kind of things is something that is kind of ingrained in all citizens, everybody in the Nordics. It's something we've been taught for, for, for tens of years. Uh, and, and it's, yeah, that's something that I see a high potential on because the energy that we didn't consume, right? It's the energy that's available and, and that could really make, you know, way less brownouts. We are experiencing brownouts from time to time in the Philippines. It's a concern when I talk with business leaders on running their business here or considering business. And, and if we all learn how to manage energy better, how to save on energy. Well, we need less urgently renewable energy. We need less, you know, less concerns about the many very old coal plants that are essential for keeping us with energy today. Um, so, so that is really an important step as well to be more uh, efficient on how we use energy. Yeah, right now I'm using my air conditioning, <laughs> and yeah, I wouldn't know how I wouldn't know how much this uh, air condition is now uh, consuming, no, and how much will it cost me if I don't use it. But at the same time, it will be very uncomfortable for me. But right, you're, yeah, you're right. And, and but you are very right. Yeah, and and of course it's it's a it's a challenge because of course you you have a manual meter, uh, an an energy meter, electricity meter. And you could, in principle, go out and monitor it, and uh, for an hour or or more, and and then with the aircon running, and then you could try to turn off the aircon, and monitor it again for an hour, but just maybe use a fan if you really need it, and then you could see how much energy difference there is, even if you just increase the temperature with a few degrees. Let's say I don't know what your setting is, but Let's say you have a setting on 22 degrees and you increase it to 24 degrees. That will also be something you can see and do something about. Yeah. That's even with the, with the manual meters that we have today for monitoring it. So th that's something very doable. Everybody can do that. Now in, in the Nordic countries, uh, and, and many other countries, these measuring meters, they are digital, meaning you pay exactly when you consume it. It's not like end of the month, there is an accumulated uh, number and then you pay a fixed amount for that. In Again, sorry, I'm from Denmark, so I'm using examples from there. But in Denmark, you pay hour by hour. And that also means that a lot of people they would turn on their washing machine, for instance, at night where the energy is cheaper. So, so you have different rates throughout the day and you pay accordingly to that. So people, they know they monitor it and say, okay, I can see that tomorrow at 10 PM, the energy price is half of what it is right now. So I postpone these high energy consuming activities. Okay, so and, it's, and like, that, course, it's like you have a set, set, I'm sorry, I have, yeah. sorry. It's like you have no, no, a sort no, of no. a 
stock market pricing and you monitor tomorrow there's gonna be the the prices will be you go, will go down and so you can you can you can schedule the the task exactly yeah. so 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 um all energy that's provided you know that this for 24 hours you know this is the price what it's going to be so you can monitor it and you can plan accordingly uh, and it's really huge differences there was uh, last week there was uh, i think it was a time span of 3 hours where there was so much wind that actually you got money to use energy <laughs> this sounds a little bit crazy but there was so much extra energy uh, in the transmission on the grid that you know, they had to get rid of it so they paid money for people to consume it during that specific time span um so so there's really a huge difference in how this uh, works and this is of course something to level out the consumption you know look at do I need to consume my energy during the peak hours where everybody else are consuming it, where we are kind of lacking energy in the grid, available energy. So I'm if sorry, you, I'm sorry, Jared yeah. Pearson. Um, did I hear it right? The, um, the electric company paid the Danish household for using uh, excess energy, excess excess. <laughs> That, that, that is correct. It, it, it sounds crazy, right? But it's true that the energy prices, because it's, it's sold on a stock market, like a stock market, there was so much excess energy and they still need to put it somewhere. So they needed to be consumed. And that means that the price went below zero even wow. because otherwise they cannot get rid of it. It costs too much money to send it to the middle of Europe, for instance, that's too far. It's too expensive. Wow. So you really need a big battery on storage still, right? There is a lot of work going on now, but until late recently, it has not been financially viable to have proper storage of energy. Ooh. Now solutions are coming out that makes it very viable. Uh, some have been implemented. It's it's proven concept to store energy, but but still, if you have in in Denmark, it's a small country, five point seven million people. Um, if you have energy generated that's let's say almost double or at least more than what you can consume, even if you have a lot of storage solutions already even if it's it, it is still in the beginning of implementing this but it still means you have nowhere to put all the energy that's being produced oh, nice. and it's a positive problem right yeah that's and, a good and, problem <laughs> and, and, and if you're living close to to a, a windmill uh, a park um, then then you are very uh, lucky right because at times, they really produce too much, and then you get the energy for free. Yeah, I can. I, I they still have ten minutes. A I bit. can still talk for ten minutes. Yes. Okay. Um, can I uh, ask you about that, sir? Regarding uh, living closer to areas where there's a lot of energy sources, like here in the Philippines, 
people in summer, for example, are saying, well, they get our geothermal here and yet they send the energy to Metro Manila and when and then we pay so much for coal. Is that, is that, that's what they're saying. People in, for example, in Iligan or in or in Cotabato says they have they they have the Maria Cristina Falls and yet there's they have brownouts because they're so they're supporting and they're supplying the entire Mindanao grid. <laughs> uh, is that something that can is that problem gonna be solved with energy with renewable energy solutions that you're offering to the Philippines? I I I cannot promise anything like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. But, but, um, but it depends on how it's managed, right? Because by logic, if you have a lot of energy generated in one area, it should be made available for that area. Right. Right? That is cheaper for everybody to consume it close to the source where it's being produced. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that there's a planning going on for the entire country. There's priorities. Uh, that's also happening in in the Nordic countries. Um, so, so uh, yeah, energy will be transported, uh, but but um, I think it's important to plan it also. And again, going back to my my uh, point of view in the start share on a need for that planning uh, also to look quite far into the future, right? Where is the energy going to be produced? It, it's not like a coal plant. You can put a coal plant up anywhere, basically. But if you're looking at a windmill, it's not viable to put it in a place where there's not a lot of wind, right? right. Not financially viable. So in areas where there's a lot of windmills in the future, why... I, I hope that... It, the um, the government will look even more into and you know really incentivize the companies to move there. It will be good for that regions, those regions as well. I think if you talk about solar energy, it's available anywhere in the Philippines. Philippines is one of the best countries in the world for solar energy, and that can be put up anywhere. So solutions on that is. Is great. I think uh, geothermal uh, is also something that's uh, available uh, really lots of places in the Philippines. So having local sources uh, where it's not windy, uh, for instance, uh, that's something that I I believe that there is a plan for. Uh, you know, developing more energy in those places, uh, so so we can have energy there. I was. I was recently at Easter, I was in uh, Dingalan at Aurora, and unfortunately, because everybody else, or a lot of other people went there for Easter, the consumption was higher than what the grid could manage, and we had brownouts every evening. Now, that's a fantastic place. There's so many fantastic places, nature-wise especially, in the Philippines. But we need to be sure that people, they don't experience brownouts. Both the local citizens, those that reside there, uh, but also tourists coming. Right? We, we want to give everybody a good experience and more renewable energy, the right kind of it, is very viable solutions for that.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Business Mirror Brotherhood Podcast. As always, we are grateful for your support. For suggestions and comments, please email news.businessmirror at gmail.com with the subject line BM Podcast. The Brotherhood Podcast is produced by T. Anthony C. Cabangon, publisher of the Business Mirror. The Brotherhood Podcast undergoes technical and sound editing by Business Mirror reporter Jasper Emmanuel Arcalas. This is Dennis Estoposi of the Business Mirror asking you to stay safe, stay strong, and be empowered. Catch you in the next episode.